HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Sit down at any respectable cantina in any locally trafficked corner of Oaxaca and they're going to drop a bowl of chapulines at your table. Crickets, really. Toasted and spiced crickets. So, what do you do if you want that authentic Oaxacan experience in your home? Go to mezcalforlife.com. Mezcalforlife.com offers two flavors of chapulines. Spicy or lime and salt. And their chapolines come from 100% organic alfalfa farms. Fresh and natural. When you can't make it to Oaxaca, mezcalforlife.com brings Oaxaca to you. And while you're shopping for that hopping protein, check their website for a complete selection of copitas, jicaras, and everything you need if you live for mezcal. Mezcalforlife.com I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gigs, bartenders, better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today, I want to break the dreams and aspirations of a lot of mezcal lovers. Well, not dreams and aspirations, but it's uh, it's something that really hit me hard. Huh? This was a conversation that, that really made me a little bit sad. Really? And, uh, yeah, is, that, so it, is that why you wandered off with your camera in the middle of it? Yes, I, I just wandered with my camera <laughs> into the sunset, r- walking through the highway, and then I realized <laughs> that it, that was not the greatest idea, and I came back. But uh, in this last trip that we made, we were extremely lucky. We met every rock star that I wanted to meet, and uh, one of them was El Lobo de la Sierra, who uh, makes mezcal for La Venenosa, correct? Uh, well, he makes mezcal and La Venenosa sources uh, mezcal. F- Actually, no, not mezcal. Sorry. Uh, Desolado de Agave or Ricea. I don't know which one they're bottling under right now. Uh, but the it's puntas. puntas. The, yeah, yeah, the so puntas again, that they release comes from uh, from Lobo. Coolest kid ever. Uh, chain smoker. Uh, <laughs> perfect English. Coolest kid. Gringo. Uh, uh, he's Gringo. Well, he he yeah. was he was born in the USA. Okay, 
well, he has some sins. No, no, no one is perfect. But anyway, so we were talking with him and he hit me as one of the most interesting minds that I have encountered in Agave Spirits in a long time. He is definitely very prompt to do experiments that I think a lot of the other guys that I know wouldn't be so entertained about them. I mean, just to yeah. give an example, he was starting to make some rum. He he tried some stuff made out of sugarcane. He loved them and he wanted to start experimenting with that. He made a controlled environment for fermentation. So he made a room where <laughs> the temperature is very carefully controlled so he can really know what's going on with his times and the agave. Like, he's just someone that you, I think you, has you, uh, you a mindset that I love. You jumped away from his rum rather quickly. Like one of the things I would add is he built a still to do his rum, a separate still. And oh, yeah. part of it, like I think it was the condenser that he made out of a uh, a beer keg. Like he oh, had, man. he had torn apart a beer keg and rewelded it to be his condenser. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's he, like really, really cool kid. But then, I mean, everything was going great. I was having the time of my life. Like, you know, the landscape was nice. I could take pictures and stuff. And then suddenly we start talking about Capon. Yeah. And that's when things got bad, at least for me. So I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I, I can't remember the first time I was taught about Capon. Maybe it was when I was drinking at Quish uh, by Central de Abastos in Oaxaca when I was like 20 or something. But I remember like... At the time, you had your your agave, your normal, you know, everyday kind of agave, but then you had the capon, and it so was what, the legend. So what huh? is what is capon exactly? So capon is this kind of agave that it's shooting its quiote and the reproductive stock, and somebody catches it in the middle of shooting it and castrates the poor agave. Cuts the stock, so it can't reproduce. Exactly. And... Everybody that I had talked to until I talked with Love about this would always claim that the mezcal made of a capon agave was somehow better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is, do you share that with me? Usually, well, yeah, you know, I should say yes and no. So I should say it was, I think it was, you know, I've been visiting Oaxaca, visiting Mexico since 2008 and visiting so many producers on every trip. And I think it was in 2018, maybe 2019, it might have even been 2019 when like I, I thought that every agave was caponed. Before oh, you used it to make oh, mezcal Lord. or agave spirits. Um, and it was only in like 2019 that I that I was taught. I think it was John Darby and Jason Cox I was on a trip with who were like, no, Lou, that's just, that's crazy. Um, that, that in fact, that's the rarity. So, you know, for me, I had thought that was the case. And then I started having more conversations about caponed agave versus non-caponed agave uh, as source sugars for spirits. And Lalo at one point, I think, said that, I think it was Lalo who told me, no, no, like it's really, you can't really do that because the bugs will eat out the agave if you leave it in the field too long after caponing because now you've got these live sugars and so everything's going to go feast on it. On, okay, on, the, so on the agave. So, okay, so again, like there's a lot of controversy about this. I think it's the right moment to jump into Lovo's quote, okay. which again, just hurt my feelings. Okay. Capone lose at least 15% of the sweetness. 
maybe I can say 25. You lose 15 by a capon. 15% of that sugar, because I is turning into something to make it, uh, that's the seeds. Yeah, you lose. Oh, yeah. You lose. I'm pretty sure. Because the cogoyo is, is big. And then, then when he's going to make the kyoto next year, you see me. Very small. Oh, there. So you can tell right away, oh, that, that's, that's a ciego. That's one. It is the best point is ciego. Yes, sir. Because the flavor, too. It's got all the real flavor. I mean, it's got all the flavor. You can taste in the mezcal. We call mezcal at the cucagave. Now we call mezcal to the spirit. But the mezcal is, after you cook it, it's mezcal, make agave. You can taste the in the mezcal. You can taste the capon, and you can taste the ciego. And you do it so many times. I mean, you ended up believing it. Huh. Okay, so what's your take on that, Java? My take on it is we were lucky enough for in that trip to have another visit to another extremely savvy mezcalero, to Isidro in Rio de Parras. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I need to ask this to another one because this goes <laughs> against everything that I know, everything I appreciate. I was, you know, like crying in my sleep. And I asked Isidro, and he had the complete opposite posture to uh to to lobo he said yeah. no 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 if you can catch an agave that is capon it will give you more sugars it will give you a better flavor and uh, i think that there's two <laughs> reasons why they both might be right yeah yeah and that's exactly <laughs> where i was headed but uh, yeah you go well, the first one is, okay, flavor. What the hell is flavor, right? Yeah, we're, we're talking exactly. about It's so subjective. Exactly. So flavor, uh, let's just say they have, they have differences. In terms of yield, it might just be how Maximiliana behaves. Maximiliana is quite of an odd kid in the agave world, I think. So, so uh, Maximiliana is what... Um, it's a type of agave that it's usually used for making resilla. Right, so it's the one that Lobo would be using as opposed to a Cedro who uses a uh, Inakidans? He's using Bruto? Inakidans, correct. Uh, yeah. Also no, known as Alto in the region. And uh, another thing that was really interesting that they made, well, so first things, I think both of them can be right. I think Inakidans have, can have a different way of behaving than Maximiliana. And then there's the other big question usually as, well, how they're measuring. You know, something that I got the impression from Lobo is that he's really good at measuring stuff. You know, okay. he's, he's, he, he hit me as one of the few mescaleros that, I, that I've met that really likes numbers. Whereas, oh, so Isidro might be saying it based on assumptions? And well, Lobo's maybe he just likes the flavor more, and therefore he thinks it, it gets it a has more yield. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways in which that can go, you know... Well, it, okay, so, but this also brings me back to what Lalo had said about the insects. And if, you know, Lalo had suggested that, oh, you can never leave it for, for much more than a couple of months after caponing because the insects will destroy it, which makes me think, well, maybe in your environment, but in a different environment, nothing's eating it because there just aren't insects. They die. They can't survive out in the wild. But, so, yeah. 
so maybe it's also a difference of environment between uh, where Lobo lives and where Isidro lives. No, absolutely. And I've heard of Cupriatas in Michoacán that have lived for two years after being caponed. And in Durango, in La Zona del Silencio, um, our friend Sergio there, he says they last three months just because of how ravaging hot the environment is. Yeah. So again, like not... Uh, and this is like such a kind of worms because now I think we should not only be talking about Capon. Yeah. We should be talking about like how how long did it live after it was Capon? Capon where? Capon how? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus as, Christ. As, 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 though, as though we have all of the encyclopedic knowledge in our heads to determine if it's good or bad that it was Capone, right? Like this is well, this is one of those things where I just throw up my hands and I think, let me drink it, and I either like no, it or no, I no, don't no. like but, but, it. But even if was it Capone all the way to the base? Was it Capone and, and higher? <laughs> at what point was it Capone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and even not only at what point, but how, like how how low did you go with your Caponing? Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, yeah like all like of, it's, all of that. And I feel, <sighs> Dude, which also brings to mind the the conversation we've had with folks in Durango, where they um, they say that they it's Capone sometimes by the wild animals, by the cows, yes. and by by the goats wandering around, and they say that that's better because the metal causes damage to the coyote uh, and the sugars from the capone. Like, there's all of these factors that at the end of the day, it's kind of like you go to a restaurant and you order the dish and you're not asking, okay, at what temperature are you putting the butter in the pan? You're not, it's just, does it taste good? It's just, does it taste good? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and I think, again, like this is one of these very fascinating things that people just do how they were taught how to do. And it's ingrained in how they, they do things. Another thing that Lobo mentioned that I have never heard before is that when you allow for an agave to go capon, it creates a shell uh, at the, uh, around the heart of the agave. And he says that it does that so that Kyoto has something stiff to, to, to maintain it up. Otherwise, it will just fall down. And therefore, in order to harvest an agave that has a that has a kyoto or has been capado, it's a lot harder than just to take one that has been mature. And something that I also love from that interview with Lobo is that the really mature agaves, the ones mm -hmm. that are like really, really, really shoot their kyote, it's, it looks like they have closed their eye yeah, in the middle yeah, of it. So yeah. they call it the blind agaves. If that's not poetry, I don't know what the hell it is, man. That's so awesome. Beautiful. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I, I actually, I, I hope this is not our last episode about caponing. I, I really wanted to <laughs> just start opening this theme because I would love to really understand a little bit more of what happens to the agave because we, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've said a lot of things that are just kind of made up bullshit about what happens after the caponing. But I like I that feels to me like it's probably true, right? Like because these plants are so smart, they're so smart. I gotta believe the plants. Like, wait, something just happened. I need to fix it, and it starts to build the mechanisms to fix it. Whether that's more energy, so it's creating more sugar, or other kinds of chemicals that it needs to heal itself. I don't know, but exactly. like, yeah, but like, yeah. you're, yeah, maybe that becomes what our season three eventually is. <laughs>
El Capón. Maybe that's our offshoot. That's another podcast we do called El Capón. El Capón. Tried to yeah. make it stand his own. I like that. Okay. There you go. Anyway, that's it. That's all for me. Okay. Well, uh, hasta pronto, Chava. Nos vemos, joven. Hasta luego. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Peribán. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.